0: When we came into the business, I came at a very difficult time, right? So if you rewind, we're talking 2006. If you stand still, you stand by the wayside. We have to continue to evolve, develop, and we're reaching that time now with technology and business where it's getting super exciting, you know, and, and that's what I'm into now.
1: That, ladies and gentlemen, are the wise words of Ranjit Gill, director of Fix Auto Slough and Uxbridge. Welcome to the ARC 360 podcast, brought to you in association with Auditex, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise rent car Innovation Group, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response and Sherwin-Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists in Darsa and Prasco UK. Please do check out these businesses for any of your automotive claims, repair or supply chain needs. Welcome along everybody to the ARC 360 podcast where we regularly catch up with leading figures from within the motor insurance claims industry. In this episode we catch up with Ranjit Gill, Director at Fix Auto, Slough and Uxbridge, who provides an insight into his journey of discovery from a career in the financial sector to investing in his own repair business and all he continues to learn along the way. Change, challenge, investment, people, relationships, Ranjit shares an insight into how he continues to adapt the business and develop solutions fit for the future. He also reveals how looking at the palm of his hand reminds him of his greatest business lesson to date. Enjoy the podcast. When we first come into, obviously, I was really, really green. Right? I need to know more about. I'm, I'm intrigued by your kind of the the, re, the why's and the wherefores and the hows and whys. so. I've always been a petrol head. Right,
0: having a passion is not quite alone. Quite often, isn't enough. Yeah, you know, I was I was working. Uh, I, I I was in at university. I was working for this Dutch bank. You know, I was coming out of university. they were Like, oh, you could do. You know, they had this undergraduate program. I was going to go to Australia and talk for work, or just to, for, as part yeah. of the oh, okay. undergraduate, yeah. right? Okay. And inside me, I was like this, wow, this is really dishonest, right? Because you're gonna go on this undergrad scheme, but you're not happy, right? yeah? And I was working in this corporate culture, and it's very different, you know? That's a very different type of environment. And I, I just, I, I couldn't hack it. And I came home, and I remember, I had this conversation with my dad, and he was like, well, he goes, you gotta tell him. And then, so I went and had the conversation, I was like, look, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to decline. And they're all like in shock, right? Because they're like, what do you mean? You know, you're going to be the, I was like, no, it's not, it's not for me. Good on you. That was the, the start. We found this business for sale. Didn't know anything about it. And the previous owner, they, they had, they got another site. He spent like two weeks with, me. well he spent a week with me, teaching me how to use Right, hey. Then he left me alone for a week. Then he came back and I spent another week with him. That was it. And that was a live, living business at that point. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was just a, yeah. and I started learning to estimate from there. From there, things moved on. We did that for, I was four or five years, and then we joined FixSortone uh, in 2011, Yep. Yeah. when we were about 30, 40 shops, that kind of mark, and then from there, it
1: just sort of it's, it's escalated. Did you say that? <laughs> well, it has. Yeah, I mean, what? 12, uh, 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So that—that's exactly the time that Ian joined. Yep. Um. And so,
1: yeah, we've been with him on the ride, really. Amazing. And so, again, rewind slightly pre-kind of uh, graduate days. You say you're a head. Was that kind of an interest as a a young person
0: tinkering with cars? Yeah. So, look, I as a kid growing up. I had a, a Ferrari F40 on the wall. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I right? you were going to say on the, on
1: the driveway. No, 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 no,
0: no, no. <laughs> no, on the wall I had this Ferrari F40. I'd play with, um, I don't know if you remember, crash dummies? Crash dummies. Yeah, so so you used to crash them and then you used to fix the car? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to do that yeah. with all my stuff, yeah, all my cars anyway. But, um, uh... And they'd collapse and everything, right? You can't buy them anymore, but... Yeah, and that was it really. You know, we've, we've sort of steadily grown the business and you know, just been involved with our customers. Um, some of my customers have been with me for the last 15 years, you know. Have they? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We've got quite a few of my local customers and, and you know, they use us on a regular basis. And you still you still enjoy, kind of, you get hands on? I, I Ideally, I'd prefer not to yeah. because you know, if you're working in the business, it's very difficult to work on the business. Yep. But recently we've been pretty uh, hard up for staff, as like a lot of people have, right? Being where I've had to, we've, I've been out on the tools. i spent eight weeks stripping and fitting cars. Oh, wow. It's pretty challenging. It uh, makes you appreciate what your guys are doing. <laughs> yep, yep. Because you're there and you're taking, you know, I'm looking at the job card and I've got oh, like, there's three and a half hours to do this. And I'm two hours in, I'm like, oh, my God, right? I'm not even halfway yet. <laughs> but that's what it must be like for them, right? And then you've got to put everything away correctly. You've got to, you know, store it all. That's part of the process as well. Mm. And you then got to identify all these damaged components. There's a lot to do. Yeah. And I guess even though, you know, our business is quite small, day-to-day I'm very much part of it. But you don't appreciate that until you actually do it. Yeah. Um, so it's helped me get a, a massive, you know, perspective on, on
1: what the guys have to do. I think it's an interesting one. So I think it is a a sort of a timely reminder every now and again. No, mm-hmm. hey, you walk out there, you're never going to be as efficient or effective as you perhaps once were if you were consistent with it. But t- to keep dipping back in, and I speak to a lot of owner managers, etc., who who kind of like that as in just keeping their eye in keeping up to speed with things and again I suppose it sort of resonates across the industry isn't it when you start to talk to engineers and what some of the insurers are doing with their engineers getting them back in the shop floor and just continuing to kind of keep that education piece I suppose.
0: It's knowing the intricacies yeah. of the way that vehicles and vehicle technology is evolving mm-hmm. now You know, we can go out into the shop and look at a vehicle from five or six years ago. You look at the construction techniques and the way that everything's put together. You look at, like, a a modern vehicle. and You see the difference straight away. The tooling, hand tools, everything changes. And it's, it's, you know, knowing that. Mm. You don't
1: know that unless you're doing it. Oh, so true. And we've just had a little whistle around the office at the workshop and seen yeah. Uh, yeah. something from yesteryear sat in there, which uh, is kind of uh, you know, pretty basic in terms of its construction and, and when it, you know, its era, I suppose. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, those vehicles were constructed differently
0: and the vehicles now, they're constructed completely differently. Whilst they use the same materials to a degree, the technique and the technology is completely different.
1: Good to see. It's great to hear as well. I love I love these kind of like you know, the stories of, of how people get involved and how they continue yeah. to kind of you know, keep keep an eye on the business I suppose essentially, you know, keep the business ticking over. Is so you entered the industry, so you found this business, it kind of ticked all the boxes in terms of interest, it was kind of what you wanted to do, aspiring to to own a business or, or just be involved in a business? I
0: just liked being in control of my own destiny. This is good. You know, every decision I make on a daily basis, one, I'm in a position to make that decision. The beauty of what we do is that, you know, whilst we're under a recognisable banner, you know, being fixed auto, yep. everyone is an owner, driver, owner, operator. When we get an issue or we have to make a, a decision, we are in a position to make that decision there and then. And that is what's key to our success and key to our business. And that's what I love about it, right? I get a customer and I can make that decision. I can, you know, I can help them make those decisions. We can, and that's what I love about being in business. You know, that's what I love about what we do. I keep people on the road. You know, whether it's they've had an accident, whether they've had a breakdown, whether they need, you know, uh, 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 maintenance our business is about put, keeping people on the road mm. we operate in a really difficult sector yeah. because quite often we're dealing with a distressed individual and we get to provide them with a solution and that's what's what's great about it and that's why i like doing what we do you know and it's, it's, pro- it's providing those um, solutions to those customers when when they're in
1: that in, in that environment in that uh, situation When you kind of first entered the business, was that your immediate philosophy, kind of, or has that flipped over time in that that realisation as kind of, actually, this is what we do? When we came into the business, I came at a very
0: difficult time, right? So if you rewind, we're talking 2006. Yes, of course, yeah. 2008, financial crash. We went through a really difficult patch. And at that point, it was just keeping the wheels on the bus and making sure that the bus was going forwards, yeah. right? Whether it was crawling or whether it was 8060 was irrelevant, right? But we just had to keep the wheels in the bus, pay the bills, make sure that we put ourselves in a position that, you know, we were able to survive that period and drive on from that forward. So, look, philosophy, businesses, we all evolve. Mm-hmm. If you stand still, you stand by the wayside. We have to continue to evolve, develop, and we're reaching that time now with technology and business where it's getting super exciting, you know? And and that's what I'm into now. We repair cars, yeah, that's what we're doing. But how do we repair them? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How can we make the experience for the customer better? Because at the end of the day, we've got this culture, and, and you know, everyone knows Amazon, right? We've got this culture now that everyone wants Amazon Prime. Why are you going to wait three days if you can have it tomorrow? Businesses and situations are are going to have to evolve to to fulfil that requirement. Because as much as we like to think we're in control, Mm -hmm. we're not. The consumer will dictate what we do and the way that the market will evolve. Now, coming into it with all these areas of requirements and, and, and the way that the marketplace is changing, it's all driven by the consumer. You know, and, and there's no getting away from it. And that'll only continue. Yep. And that's where the exciting part is. You know, how we then evolve as, as businesses in the, the automotive repair sector to cater for that.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I completely agree with, With the sentiment, such an exciting time in terms of so many market forces, trends, you know, changes, whatever you want to call it out there, societal technology, I don't know, just the way people interact generally, vehicles themselves, obviously, uh, with everything that's going on. It's an incredible time. Uh, and And as you say, I think it's that kind of evolutionary process now we've just been talking about kind of like, 2022 and the fact that there's like a two year gap or three year gap as it so so it's uh, you know we've all kind of lost and I've had this conversation with many people yeah and I don't think anyone can rest on their laurels and think I'm building my business back to be as it was in
0: 2020
1: no no far from it I mean you know just
0: the way we interact with our customers you touched on that just a moment ago like right? you know we now have WhatsApp. We talk to our customers via WhatsApp because who wants to have a phone call when they can have a message and okay, this is the situation, this is what we do. We get our customers when we first load them up, we send them a document. Can you supply us with some pictures? And we send them a document and you know it tells them how to take the pictures. They send in all via WhatsApp. Right. We upload it all. Again, the, you know it offers us a benefit. Yep. Right, in that we don't have to send someone out to look at the vehicle, it offers the customer a benefit because they're not having to take time out of their day, they're not having to stay, they do it at their convenience, whether it's you know six o'clock in the evening, six o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter, right? But they're at the center of that, and when we want to ping them a message, we send them a WhatsApp. It's it's catering for that, you know, it's the way that we interact with the emails, even getting old now, you know, yeah, yeah everything's that's so true, it's, it's got to be instant you know that's one little thing that we've done as a business to facilitate our communication with our customers that's great That's us yeah so simple and who hasn't got you know got, no but for those that don't you've you, got the alternatives we've got alternatives yep. for the large part of the population that are now on their phone they want that instant reactivity. They want to be able to do things quickly. Because people have got other better things to be doing than getting an estimate for their damaged car. You know, that's the last thing they want to be doing. It enables us to identify total losses, it enables us to identify vehicles that are non-drivable, what kind of recovery we need to arrange. We do all of that right from the outset. Mileage, valuation, straight away, we know what's going on with that vehicle.
1: And so already internally your whole kind of process system, queuing up work, ordering parts, keeping the premises clear and tidy, you basically just kind of then pulling in work yeah, yeah. as
0: and when you need to. Absolutely. We've got fleets we operate with and and they'll you know, their guys are not necessarily qualified to make decisions as to okay, can this vehicle stay on the road or yeah. not? We enable them to quantify that. And once we've quantified it, we say, well, okay, look, it's Thursday today. You leave that vehicle on the road over the weekend because you'll need it. Why don't we have it in on Monday? I've got the bits ordered up. They'll be arriving on Monday. We'll get the vehicle in and get it done. If we hadn't communicated with them, if we hadn't facilitated that, the images and and the information, none of that would be possible we had a meeting with them last week, they're like, you know, it's brilliant what you're doing, it's you know, you really understand our business is what they said, you know. And and that's what it's about. In order for us to move forward, we have to understand how others operate so we can best work out how we engage with them and form that like link. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's it's that's been a it's been a real sort of game changer.
1: That's really interesting. Because that almost, you know, put paints A different story for the business. Yes, as you've said, you repair cars at the end of the day, that they're out there, they're being done all the time. But you're almost becoming a, and hey, I don't want to use this word in the wrong way, but, you know, like an advisory kind of for those businesses or or individuals who are, hey, you know, how often do you crash your car? Hey, never. What do you do? You know, do you know what to do when you do it? No you're kind of really reliant on somebody to guide you and give you all the information you need hold your hand through it and really a bit of metal at the end of it nine
0: times out of ten you know absolutely look all body shops to a degree will repair the car the same quality is a given yep but how do we differentiate ourselves from the others and how do my customers Know that I bring them value. Everyone's going to fix their car.. Yep. But where's the value apart from the fixing of the car? You know, when it comes to the, the value side, that's where we're, we're different. We bring our fleets value. and you know for them, it's not about price, hard and fast price, yep. because the losses they incur from vehicles being off the road outweigh what actually it costs them to pay a little bit more to have the vehicle repaired, you know, in a timely fashion. Yeah, of course.
1: It's all these micro decisions. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's plenty behind it, isn't there? And that's, taken in isolation, you have an accident in your car, your van, whatever it might be. Of course, you want it taken off your hands and repaired as quick as possible. But everything that sits behind that, is it still drivable? You know, I've got a load full on the van, it needs to get from A to B all those decisions that sit behind that. actually, you know, it may be best to keep it on the road for two days if it's legally drivable and safe. Absolutely, yeah, Um, yeah, as long as it's safe. And then, you know, just get it in the queue and all of a sudden it comes in, it's repaired within a a day, two days, quick turnaround and and you're back out there. So, it's fascinating. So, in terms of your work then, so, you know, you've you've obviously mentioned fleets and we know obviously fixed auto and insurance contracts and bits and pieces. It's obviously pretty varied in terms of what you do, but just give us a little bit more about that. And and what's this I hear about a piano finish? In terms of our work, we work with local fleets,
0: we work with major insurers, we work with, we've got two local police forces, we've got high-end fleet customers. We'll do anything that that our facilities can cope with. you know, recently I had a, an insurer phoner.s can you do this car? Of course we can. You know, we, we've gone to this other body shop, picked up this vehicle, bought it in, realised, okay, this is it's quite an involved job, we need to, to deal with it slightly differently, dealt with it, and returned to the customer. And all of that, whilst the car had been sat for four weeks at this other repairer, and it's all because it had an aluminium quarter panel. And they wanted to replace it, but we've got some really cool glue pulling systems, and we glue pulled this court panel, repaired it. It's it's those kind of you know we we are constantly looking for ways to improve our business. That's through financial investment in equipment. It can be financial investment in training for our guys because. You know, all these new materials, technologies require investment for us to be at the forefront of knowing how these vehicles will be repaired. Now, that glue pulling system, I actually saw it on Instagram and it was an American company. And I was like, this is really good. You know, they, you could pull with a 10 ton dozer on glue. And I was like, oh, I, need, I really. And I contacted them, and they were like, look, we don't have a demo guy. I was like, look, we really need to see this product, right? Because it's, it's amazing. This this is going back like nine months, right? Okay. And eventually, we got them down. They got they then they got a guy on road. They came in, and and we've you know we've now ordered um, all this kit up, additional kit, you know, and it's that element. Now that's also then going to fit into the way that we. have you know, changed our business in that we're now geared up for electric vehicles. Now, I don't know if you noticed when you came in, I've got like half a dozen Teslas parked outside yep. and we'll repair them. We can facilitate everything and we can carry out a safe and effective repair because we're investing in the tooling and the equipment in an order for us to do it. You know, we've been talking to some local fleets that are going fully electric, yep. and we're talking to them about how we can facilitate the, the repairs and the, what we've got to offer them. When we on site now, we've got indoor charge points, outdoor charge points, the customers can log on to the charge point, and you know, we've got all this stuff that's here and
1: available. That's great, and that's, you know, a testament to you, obviously, with with the, with the site itself, and we'll come on to that in a second. but. Um, that's where automotive businesses are if you if you've got cars on site essentially that's what you need isn't it to keep, keep these things ticking over and it's just part and parcel of where the business is really and, and the investment in people skills equipment you know that goes hand in hand with what we've said previously that whole kind of evolution of the industry you've got to be finding new solutions constantly keeping on the ball in terms of right, this is the latest kit, this is the latest skill set, technology coming my way, whatever it might be. And hats off to you. You know, that, that's kind of going to be where businesses, body shops
0: need to be. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we're everything we do, every business that's out there, they're looking for return on investment. Right? If we put in X, what do we need to see back out of X? Yep. X plus what? Right? And that's forms part of our like key decision making. You know, we're gonna put this investment in. This is what we need to see out the back end of it. You know, and that then helps us facilitate those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's when we're in sort of like silos and we're going, well we don't need that, we won't do that. But actually the way that we've you know if you build it, they'll come. Right? And we've built it and we're getting <laughs> the phone calls and we've not even done anything. <laughs> it's just magic because we kind of like Built this shop, and you know we've not gone out there. We've not said we'll you know do these types of repairs. or will do electric vehicles. We're just not even we're not even at that stage. I've got Teslas coming. I'm like, where are all these Teslas coming from? We didn't say you know we're we we're, we're doing these vehicles, and they're like, oh, they just rang us and said, can you do it? And we we're like, yeah, or we got yeah, all right, we'll take them. And and it's that it's that um, thing you know that that we've got the facilities, and they're just just coming in. Self-fulfilling prophecy. It must be. <laughs>
1: there you go. Now tell, tell us a little bit about the site then, because it's uh, new. You moved here. I know you've got, you've already mentioned it, you're, you're quite keen on your tech and bits and pieces, and we've had a little wander around as well. But what is kind of different or new about the site? On this site, when we
0: got it, we basically got this rectangular box. The walls were painted white, and that was it. And I wanted to find ways of making our business as efficient and as comfortable as possible. Comfortable, I mean, for my staff, and efficient, you know, in terms of processing our, our volume. So, you know, we put, for example, we've got our tech bay, which is our designated wheel alignment, ADAS calibration, programming bay it's got designated battery support we've got two 65 inch monitors um, i've got another one going in the ground now um so that you know what's most frustrating when, when a guy's got a vehicle up in the air and he's doing a wheel alignment but he can't see what he's adjusting <laughs> yeah yeah right so if we put a tablet in the floor he'll simply be able to look down and know what he's doing you know it's saving all those micro minutes yep those small little bits and they add up at the end of the week of the month of the year to a tangible amount of time mm-hmm. when a vehicle goes in and it's the wheel line is carried out straight away you can then carry out the calibration if necessary the battery supports there and so the vehicle doesn't move you know so what from from that point on then it rolls straight out and then it can be you know um, completed, washed and, and valid and, and delivered. And it's having those types of ideas within our business that have helped this site be more efficient. Yep. So it's wide enough so we can park cars on both sides of the workshop facing inwards and have a an area in the middle that's clear to drive through. We've got, you know, um, so, sort of uh, vehicle ramps that are flush with the ground in one area. We've got, you know, ramps that are located near doors so they can be loaded with vans more easily, and we've got special ramp for doing German vehicles because two arms are longer than the other arm. All these little things then add up to having a more efficient operation. Um, we've got, you know, our, our our pulling ramp is is flush in the ground, so that you know we only bring it out when we need it. Yeah, um, and it. it These little touches have made that part of it more efficient. We're a smart building. Right, okay, yeah. So uh, all of our heating, our compressors, our vehicle charge points, it's all operated on a piece of software. So it recognizes when someone comes into the building in the morning and switches the alarm off. Okay, yeah. Switch the alarm off, it knows that, okay, someone's on site, switch on the compressor, right? Put power out to the vehicle charge points. That, coupled with the fact that we then have um, temperature monitoring inside the building, it's then looking outside at what the weather forecast is going to be. It's then bringing all that information together and deciding, do we need to run the heating today? Very clever. And we've got two different zones in the, in the building. It will recognise the temperatures in the, in the bottom part of the building versus the top part of the building, so that we know what's going on at, at any point in time all of our lighting is obviously LED now, yep. everything is zoned and on, um, on PIR sensors, so when you move to that area, the light comes on, when you move out of that area, the light goes off. Even down to our uh, paint mixing room, when you walk up to the door, the light will come on inside, the extraction will start, when you leave it, it will stay on for a period and switch off. The idea is not only to, to be more um conscientious mm-hmm. about right. our carbon footprint at the moment obviously with the way that energy pricing is it's been very beneficial in helping us
1: control that element The marginal gains approach yeah, a yeah, right, out there. very <laughs> proud of you <laughs> in business as well that's fantastic and you were you also i mean we sat here in your your, your office today you know, little touches, stand-up desks, and I've obviously observed that you've got them in the in the main office as well for the rest of the team. You mentioned ANPR recognition, cameras on the building and stuff, you know, all really nice touches, and they go beyond kind of just what you see. You, you've got ideas and thoughts as to why, you know, absolutely. Obviously why you've done these things. Absolutely. Before. So, for example, you know, the
0: standing-up desks, from sitting at your desk all day, you get lower back Pain, you get you know, neck ache, you get all these issues. So I decided that, you know, with a lot of support from a team too, that okay look, we're gonna try to have stand up desks. So we started, they still have their seating if they choose to use it, yeah. but by standing up even for half of the day, that enables them to, to stretch their lower back muscles, it enables them to be more comfortable you know, when you're in a seated position, you have certain muscles that are contracted all day and certain muscles that are extended all day. you then, you know, taking those things, and lower back pain is one of uh, the most common issues that people complain of. So we, we're trying to not just, we, it's not just, that, like I said, it's not just about repairing cars, right? We're trying to think of everything, including the welfare of, of my guys, in order to make it the most comfortable for them. You know, in this really competitive space, yeah. we're trying to be a little bit different and try and cater for those those needs and, and, and be a bit more conscientious. And my team is very central to what we do as a business. I've got a fantastic team. They're very loyal, very hardworking, very diligent. And as the decision maker in the business, I've got to be really sort of um, in tune with that. A little bit more...
1: Um, considerer to to the needs of of my team right definitely and as you said competitive environment at the moment in terms of finding people and it's you know it's is that kind of culture within a business it's taking care of your team it's how that all operates Um, you know it's what knits it all together really I think things you know touches like that not only speak volumes about businesses themselves, but that's what creates these kind of cultures and makes things stick together. So Absolutely. I mean, you know, you obviously do things differently in the business and you've, you've set the place up differently, but you do things differently externally as well. I, we've, on the marketing front, you use sort of, you know, well, what should we say, you know, different forms of social media, perhaps that aren't uh, embedded or ingrained with this industry as such. So tell us a little bit about your approach there.
0: We go direct to market <laughs> is what I call it. <laughs> so when we especially when we set this shop up, there's a great stigma attached to garages in general. If you say garage to someone, independent garage, local garage, they think dusty, they think dirty, they think greasy. we want to say that look that's not that's not what actually it is, you know, and we want to be on par. With some of our competitors, yep, and I'm talking about OEMs, right? And enabling us to be on that platform, but then we had to get the message out there somehow. One of those ways is social media. So we use TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, um, and you know, I don't profess to be an expert, but there's a few things that we've picked up along the way, right? And and, you know, again, being part of Fix Auto has managed to give me the assistance sometimes and the guidance and being able to give us the, the right direction yep. and, you know, you need that. But obviously we have to then deliver ourselves and, and you know, um, we've set the site up, we've got, you know, branding, we've got colour schemes, we've got lighting and, the, and that's to facilitate those pictures those videos, it enables us to showcase what we do here and, 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 you know, the facilities that we have available. I mean, you know, everyone likes what they see because it looks good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's the, that's trying to break that uh, stigma of
1: garages. Yeah. And, that, and that's the way we've done it. It's great, and it is about breaking down barriers, isn't it? It's almost a, you know, the best kept secret kind of thing is repairers, body shops, and the magic they work and, you know, if I have an accident, my car disappears, it comes back on my drive and, you know, everything's done. But actually, you and I both know and everyone probably listened to this, has visited a shop, a repair centre and, you know, you see what goes on in there and the technology and the skill sets and everything involved and it's, you know, it's, it's eye-opening. It's It's incredible to see what goes on.
0: It blows your mind away, like... My guys, they're like craftsmen. They're experts in their field. Yeah. There's an art to repairing your car. That's something that's quite misunderstood in a way because you can't. Some of these things you can't just do. Yeah. That piano finish. Yes. Oh, yes, yes.
1: We missed out on that bit.
0: We, we look after a fleet. They run Rolls Royces, Phantoms, and they would require repair. But you know, on those vehicles. There's a particular way that the vehicle has to be finished to get that deep lustre and that deep gloss. And we, we knew how to do it. And, and we replicated that finish when Nissan GTRs were new. There was a particular colour then called Ultimate Silver. And it was really bizarre how you repaired this car, because you did the repair, you primed it up and everything, and then you had to lacquer it, because the, 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 the silver was so fine that it didn't matter. However, you finish that vehicle, you would see the scratches from from your finish. So you had to clear coat it, wow. and then you know, dry it off, remask it, and all that prep it, and then apply the color, and then clear coat it again. And it's it's knowing those things, but we, you know we're not we're not we don't shy away from a challenge. No, no, well, that's great. And what's piano? What, what is it called? A piano finish? Is there a, a it's just the, the deep um, luster, the deep. Color that okay. you get. So what you do is once you once you painted the car, clear coated it, you take it out, yep. you rub it, you rub the clear coat down again to remove all of the orange peel, make it flat. You put it back in the oven, and you lap the car again. Okay. And then you pull it back out, and you flat it and polish it.
1: Okay. There you go. There's a, There's a trade secret for anyone out there. <laughs> so uh, we talked. Well, we talked about a lot of things, but um, part of the business. You've already mentioned the people, you know, the culture. Is there anything else that really makes the business tick? For me, it's got to
0: be my people, investing in those people and helping them grow and develop and find value. You bringing them value. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone goes to work, they get paid a salary, and they come home from work. What else do you bring to the party for those people? You know, that's where we drive that value and we can and, and I facilitate those guys you know in my business to say okay well, how can we make things better for you you know do you need to work different hours to, 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 to look after your family? okay you've got a dependent do you need a, child, a day off that enables us to, to sort of retain those people and, and for those people to, to, to grow with us yeah. you know people at the heart of any business and, and that's, that's my
1: belief you know, that, that without the people, you haven't got a business. Very, very true. Is that something you're actively doing in terms of, you know, we've heard obviously a lot about people returning from pandemic, changes in kind of attitudes, wants, needs, all these kind of approaches to, to help to work. Is that something you're finding that you're kind of having to be a bit more agile in, in that approach? I would say no,
0: because we've always been like that. Right. Okay. The pandemic didn't change that aspect of the way that we interacted with our people. Yeah, The pandemic probably only highlighted that there's a need for that. Mm-hmm. But no, no. Other than that, you know, the the, the business um,
1: holds the people at the very like, heart of it. There's the reason why we're here. So you yourself... Um, You know, you're a very personable character. This is the first time we've really sat down and had a chat, and we could probably be here for another hour or so, but uh, we'll try not to be. Entrepreneurial, obviously, in your approach, you kind of explained your background uh, in terms of how you got into this business and how you've kind of continued to evolve the business. What would you say are kind of the key traits within business and leadership? Um, This is putting you on the spot now, by the way. Yeah, no. Declaring your own
0: skills leadership you can't just give instructions Mm -hmm. you have to be prepared to get down and dirty and muck in. and do you see yourself as a leader i would just say on one of the team we don't really have a hierarchy Mm -hmm. we just get the job done if something needs doing i'll put it out to the team and someone will say yeah i'll do it yeah sometimes that person's me (laughs) and sometimes it's someone else you know so I've, I've, I've got a lot to learn, and I look to others to see how they lead mm-hmm. their business. And you know, because you can always learn from just watching, seeing, reading how other people operate and, and the results that they get. Yep. And that's just sort of my philosophy in, in regards to leadership. I don't think I profess to be, you know, any great leader. I think you know we're just here running our business. We've managed to put together a great team that like working with me, and I like working with them,
1: really. Sounds like the perfect recipe, basically. Yeah. Oh, good on your note. I mean, it's you know, really interesting. And, you know, I always like to kind of try and delve into that kind of mindset of, of, of business leaders, you know, who I speak to. Because it, again, from my point of view, personally, patience is really selfish. I learned an awful lot from speaking to people like yourself. And, and hopefully others listening in will, will equally take something away from, from every conversation that we have. Has the past few years, do you think has changed the world of business specifically, accident repair, forever? So, if we go back to
0: 2019, the pandemic was 2020, right? 2020, yeah. yeah, yeah. So 2019, so we acquired Fix Auto Uxbridge. Yeah. So we were the first franchisee to acquire another franchisee yep. and I think we still are the only one at the moment. We did that in November. Come February, March, yep. all of a sudden you know, the carpet's been pulled from underneath my feet mm-hmm. and we've overnight now got no, no customers effectively. Um, we dealt with a lot of fleets at, at that site. Um, we did a lot of work into Heathrow. So there was no customers at Heathrow, no one flying. The chauffeuring companies that we dealt with weren't chauffeuring people. Wow. Overnight, that business, basically the revenue went to zero. Me. You know, We were really fortunate that we managed to combine the the two businesses for a period of it was about six to nine months to steer ourselves through that really treacherous stormy time you know it's it's something that you know we're quite proud of that we managed to, to to get through that period and and managed to come out the other side and hopefully reap some benefit of it but covid made people realize i think what's valuable to them yeah, and and it made them reevaluate their decisions, mm-hmm. and we've certainly seen that the way that people want to transact business now has changed and is changing. And I think going forward, I don't think we'll ever go back to pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I think there will be deviation from 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 where we are now. What that space looks like, I don't know, and I wouldn't like to guess. You know. Um, but I think I think things will change and I think that there'll be some new new uh, entrants into into this marketplace and the way they'll want to conduct business. You know, it's, it's, it's an forever evolving marketplace and, and time. Coming out of COVID, now we have inflationary pressure. You know, they're reporting 7 percent. That's double digits already. The pressure that's going to apply to our businesses now, how that then translates for us. In terms of what we're able to 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 what we have the challenges we're going to face you know how those challenges will then surface that's yet to be seen you know we've been through uh, a testing time and i say we as a as as an industry you know covid emptied a lot of balance sheets and now going into this period of flux this this um sort of unknown you know depending on what happens with our economy with everything that's you know, going on in the world right now, I wouldn't like to, to guess. Uh, we just have to make sure we're prepared and put ourselves in the best possible position to try and steer and circumnavigate whatever comes our way. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Uxbridge sites, currently up and running, back to full capacity? So it's, it's full capacity, we run in there. As ever, we're facing pressures, staffing, recruitment, mm-hmm hearts but you know nothing that's, that's <laughs> nothing under the law yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Well, great stuff well hey an interesting you know story in terms of obviously where you've been it's all in the timing as they say and uh, obviously that was uh, not the best timing but hey if you can survive that you touch wood you'd like to think uh, you can survive anything that's being thrown at you so yeah, yeah well tremendous stuff i mean yes we are obviously in the midst of um Shall we say, yeah, uncertain times, but I think again, that's probably you know, off the back of the past couple of years, we had everyone's kind of trying to second guess or not, as the case may be, and nobody really knows what's too far ahead. But, um, I'm sure between us as individuals and as businesses, we will navigate our way through it and uh, continue to offer the best service for those who are unfortunately involved in uh, accidents or need their car repairs. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Great stuff, so we go through now to the quick fire question round. What one thing might not many people know about you?
0: I still don't know where the safety is on my shotgun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. Do you want to delve into a little bit more detail there, just so we can qualify that this is all above board? No, those, those that need to, that will know, will we'll be, will be laughing right now. Okay, right. Uh, I'm just looking for holes in legs and arms here, but no, he's not got any. So uh, there we go. What would your alter ego be doing as a career right now? Well, I'd be sat in the Caribbean on a
0: beach, sipping cocktails. That's what my alter ego would be doing. <laughs>
1: Is that having won the lottery or invested wisely at a young age I think, Yeah, what? Or, or just basically you lucked out and that was the way it was?
0: No, no, no. You, you didn't supply any
1: prerequisites. So <laughs> you said alter ego. That's what I thought of. Fair enough. Right. Let's not delve into the uh, detail at all. Best bit of business advice you've ever heard, seen or received? So actually, this is my my, my dad. He said to me once, I was
0: talking to him about it. So he said, look at your hand. And so I put my hand out in front of me, and he said, Can you see that your thumb and your fingers, none of them are the same? He goes, that's just like people. And it stuck with me forever, you know, and and it really relates to the way that we manage our team. You know, that everyone needs
1: something different, because everyone is different. I like that, as I'm sat here looking at my hand. Tell you what, yeah, bottle that one, you obviously have. Self-driving vehicles, should we ever get to that point? For you, yes or no, and why?
0: Most of my time is spent commuting to and from work. (laughs) And for that, I want to
1: shut my eyes <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> and there you go. There's the answer we were looking for. That's fair enough. It's fabulous. Thank you so much for today, Manjit. It's been really good to catch up with you, buddy. And uh, really appreciate your time. No problem at all.
0: It's been great having you here. And um, we'll show you around again and sort of show you all the, the, the other
1: bits that we do. And, and, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, fantastic. Look forward to it. So there you have it a huge thank you to Ranjit for taking the time to talk to us so nice to be back out doing these things where possible face to face and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did visiting Ranjit and the team down there at Fix Auto Slough. Many thanks for listening you've been listening to the ARC 360 podcast brought to you in association with Auditex, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Venticar, Innovation Group, Merca Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response, and Sherwin Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists in Darsa, and Prasco UK. Take care, everybody. See you all soon.